Hello and welcome to Tree Walker Talks, episode 20, The Homestead Can't Wait. Alright, I hope everybody's doing good out there. Um, start with our homestead update this week. Um, Sunday, I uh, went out, we did quite a bit of work outside, got the, the rabbit tree kind of clean, set up, got the cages done. Well, almost done. One is done, needs hung, the other one I need to actually trim down. Um, and I'll show in a video if you follow me on YouTube, Treewalker. Um, oh, there's the dog. That uh, what I did because I don't like the two foot by two foot pens, especially for breeders. It I, just to me it doesn't give enough room for them to move around, especially when the young are in there. But cleaned up quite a bit around the yard. Um, got the chicken tractor, which now seems like a semi with no motor. Um, moved kind of up against the goat pen so it's out of the way and some more brush piles moved over to one big brush pile so that when it's time to get the trimmer or the uh, yeah chipper out that I can actually get them all chipped up you're gonna hear the dogs are playing so you might hear squeakies and runnies and zoomies but um, in moving the chicken tractor um, I've had an issue with a tweaked back for quite some time now and it kind of comes and goes, but when I moved that, and then everything else I did out there, I think kind of did it in. And my back has been pretty bad um, the last couple days. Um, I can't sit on the couch and stuff. I pretty much sit on the floor. Uh, that gives me a little bit of relief for some while, and then it aches more. And then I go to bed and turn the electric blanket on, which I use my electric blanket a little bit different than other people do. I uh, put it underneath the sh top sheet and then lay on top of it and the heat just radiates so that feels really good on the back but I can't sleep like that so I let it heat up and then I turn it off and I can sleep good for a while and then it aches there so I don't know we'll, we'll see hopefully it gets better in the next couple days um, probably not today because I'll get to that more in the the later part um, when we talk about the main topic but okay so the projects I did the rabbitry update um, the chicken tractor was moved, and I definitely need to update its wheels because, oh my gosh, that thing was just a pain. Um, but I don't want to pay the money for the really nice one. If you ever watch uh, Sow the Land on uh, YouTube, and there's a couple others, but he was the one I think I first saw it on, where you actually, it's like a foot, you step and it raises it up in the back, and then you go in the front and pick it up and it just wheels it. Really nice, but I think they're like over 100 bucks, and... Uh, you know, I just can't can't spend that much right now. I have ideas maybe to create a smaller one for my uh, dad, who he's about a half hour away. Because um, he has quite a good amount of acreage of grass. And if I could, like, say, get an old power wheel, perhaps, and put the controls on it and come up with a way where it'll raise it up just a little bit so it'll move and then sit back down. And then it could be powered. I want it to be completely powered if I, uh, he's going to do it. That way, he can just go out and hit the button, move it a little bit, and that's it. But we'll see if that gets to fruit. Um, I think that's it on the projects. What's growing on the homestead? Well, the Azola, it's, it's doing so-so. Now, I think the main thing was when it was shipped, and I understood this, you know, so it's nothing against the guy who bought it from. Um, when it was shipped, <clears throat> excuse me, when it was shipped, the temperatures were very cold outside, and it actually dipped down to freezing one of the nights it would have been there so it's it's doing okay um, if you look at the thumbnail for the episode that's going to be the picture of the um, um, what do you call those plant closet 
growing enclosure. I don't know. The grow tent, I think is what it, they called it. Um, with some stuff in it because they're just starting to sprout. Um, which brings me to the next one. The onions, are there's a few of them just coming up. They're looking pretty good. Um, and all the herbs have sprouted. Um, looking good. Like we're going to have a, a good amount of them make it and um, germinate. Okay, so the the topic of the week um, goes with the the title, you know, the homestead can't wait. So when you get injured on the homestead, you know, like me with my back, you can't just explain that to the chickens and the goats and the rabbits, you know, and your animals or whatever's on your homestead and say, hey, hey, guys, my back's not feeling so good. So, you know, I'm just going to stay inside and I'm not going to come out there and, you know, take care of you today. Uh, that's not really how it happens. Let me get a drink of my coffee. Um, and it just happened to coincide that it was feed run day. Um, I didn't need every feed. I just needed the 50-pound bag of goat feed, the 50-pound bag of chicken feed, and the... Um, sorry, I just got a real bad sinus spike there in the head. Yeah, the weather changes are great for that. And uh, I think they're down to 40 pounds of corn. Um, the corn the corn, and the uh, goat feeds are for the goats. And then the chicken feeds, of course, is for the chicken. But I'm the only one here that does that kind of work. You know, that does pretty much anything out back in the, in the backyard with the animals. Like I've said before. So, and the youngest, who's the most helpful, um, she's 16. She's at school, and I work second shift, so I would be gone before she got home. Plus, when the goats are hungry, guess what? The goats get really noisy, and I am in considered in town here. So, nosy, noisy, yeah, nosy is not good either, but noisy goats is not a good thing for the neighbors. So, um, most of them, I don't think would care, but the one, I just don't know. You know, plus, they can get very loud, so across the road could hear them. But... Um, so I had to go up this morning and get the feed, and then I had to carry it back, and I have a, a setup. Uh, maybe I'll show you in the spring. Um, I need to get out there and pitchfork the, the straw and stuff up off the ground in the goat enclosure, because it's getting pretty nasty from the freezing and thawing, and the fact that the goats just decided they're going to poop everywhere, even where they, the raised area where they have a bed at, um... But I took old, I think they're only four gallon now, you know, inflation and stuff, um, water jugs. And I cut the tops so that it hinges up. And I attach a, I don't know, two, three inch PVC pipe to the bottom down to their food dish. And then I can fill it up. And in the summer, it really helps out. Because, you know, I go out and I check the animals. But to actually sit there and go through and water and feed everybody, I have automatic waterers. So as long as they stay clean, you have to scoop them out from time to time, especially with the goats who poop and everything. Um, you know, it's every other day, sometimes every three days that I have to go out and actually go do everything, feed everything and do that. Winter, it's a little bit different. Um, the goats, they can still go two days because um, they have a heated bucket, but nobody else has heated water except for two of the rabbits do. So it's not like I can't, I have to go out every day to break up the ice. And since the mink came, I have to go out every night and lock the chickens up and unlock them in the morning. Even though I did get the mink. Speaking of, his little skull that I attached to the chicken coop, hoping that things would, you know, 
de-skin it and stuff, and I'd have a neat mink skull, something took it off the screw and ran away with it, so it's no longer there. So that's sad. Maybe I'll find it tucked somewhere as thaws out or whatnot, but maybe not. But, you know, so when you don't have the help, you, you got to do it yourself. And this was my uh, not good sight. Uh, my wheelbarrow had half a 55-gallon drum planter in it. Um, you would have seen it. It had the, if you watch the videos, my videos, um, it had the spinach and stuff in it and the greenhouse. And then I brought it into the garage in the wheelbarrow just so that I could extend the growing on it because there's no lights in there really to grow. Um, but then I can harvest everything before the, uh, the freeze. And I haven't taken it back out yet. So it's not like I could put the bags in there. So with the injured back, um, it's not doing too bad. So, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not like stretched out on the floor where I can't move. But uh, I had to carry the the bags back and fill their feeders and so that was a little a little taxing on me sorry about the squeaky chair i got it back um but you know if it's just you and you've got nobody to help you you have to do that just like if you're sick it those goats and those animals out there they don't care if you're throwing up if you're coughing up a lung they, they just don't care so the homestead can't wait you know you have to take an effect um, you've got to be there more than you would your paying job because there, there is no calling days. Um, especially when it's cold out and stuff, you need to check on them. Um, I, I like, I just heard it and I can't remember where it was at. I think it was uh, Harold Thornbro. Um, and I can't remember his podcast name because he changed it. Um, I'm actually, I'll look it up right now and let you know. It's the Permaculture... Oh, no, I guess it still is the same. Um, it's the Modern Homesteading Podcast. I think he changed his YouTube channel. But, yep, the Modern Homesteading Podcast with Harold Thornbrough and Rachel Jameson. And Rachel Jameson's kind of up in my neck of the woods, a little bit further than me, but where I'd actually like to be, um, up in Michigan. But uh, the pretty sure it was him it might have been his guest on that was on the last one not sure but either way check out his latest podcast um about putting your hands on the animals you know every day it's good to go and at least say hi to them touch their nose do whatever um they're not pets to me at least you know they are livestock but i treat them just as good as i would my pets except for i'm not gonna let them cuddle up with me in bed especially not the goats um you know, I mean, we're here to give those animals the best life they can have. And then they're going to have one bad day. And it's going to be real quick. So, you know, that's the way you want it to be. Um, one of the reasons why I do this is not only because I want to know where my food is and what goes into my food, but I also want to make sure that that food that I'm getting was well cared for and was shown love. Because, you know, we're not cruel people. So... That aside, I would love to be able to butcher the goats. But I don't think that's going to happen. Um, because the three other people here that don't really help out with much of the care see them as pets. So I guess I'm going off on a tangent there. We're talking about injury on the homestead, right? Okay, so, you know, I mean, if it gets too bad with my back, I can uh, get somebody to do it 
Um, the youngest could possibly do it. She is she's busier than busy. Let me tell you. Um, she has she's in uh, FFA. Excuse me, yawning. FFA as a treasurer. She is into track, cross country. Um, I think that's it right now. But they still. This is the off season. Track's going to start soon, but they still go out and run all the time. Um, and she's into ice skating and lots of other things. And she works part time. So like tonight, she had, gets up, she goes to school, um, she comes home. She pretty much eats, and then she goes to work. And then she comes home and takes a shower, and then it's pretty much time to start it all over again. So it's not like it would be easy for her to do it. Um, but you kind of have to think about that, and you know that's why I don't push them and force them to help me. Plus, somebody here doesn't think they need chores. But that's on the side note. Um but she knows how to do everything. I make sure that she knows where the food is, where the locks are, you know, everything that has to go on. So if something happens, she could actually go out there and take care of everybody, which is important. So you always need to have somebody back up, even if it's not ideal, that can do something for you. Because, I mean, with COVID, you know, um, I was down. You know, I, I wasn't feeling good. But it wasn't horrible. I mean, there were... For two days where, my goodness, the first time I had COVID, I didn't know that I could get up and do anything. And I would be up for 15 minutes at a time. And yet, I still made it back there to do the animals. Because I stayed in my camper, so as not to hopefully infect anybody else in the house. And I'll get to that more in a moment. But uh, I would just wait till everybody was in bed to come in and shower in that. And I would wear... A mask, whether you believe that it helped or not, I just took the precaution because I didn't want people to get sick. Um, like I said, don't know if it really made a difference. I can tell you that neither of the girls got it. Um, but I would still have to drag myself back to feed the animals every other day. And thank goodness the day I was the worst um, was a day where I didn't have to go back there. So, but the little lady... She got it hit hard to where she had to be, uh, she works in the ER and she pretty much collapsed in the ER and her O2 levels were so low that, you know, she just couldn't keep going. And so she was admitted to the hospital and she ended up being there like two weeks, almost had to go on a ventilator. Um, thank goodness she didn't. Um, and she's pretty much 100% better except for the fact that she snores louder now. Um, I'll blame that on COVID. You know, why not? But, you know, two weeks. So in those two weeks, if that had been me, you know, the one thing I see as a shortcoming is the girls could look at the bags, but, excuse me, they, they've never gone to buy the food with me, I don't think. So they don't even know in the store exactly where it's at. I mean, we, we do our shopping. I get local feed, uh, Kambach is the company i love their feed it's all natural the ones i get um and we shop at that's not an advertisement but family farm and home because they carry it and they're super friendly people here and uh i'm sure if they went in and you know asked them showed them the bags or whatever they would help them out 100 percent because some of the girls that work there are F in ffa and some of them actually 
had went to the same school as the girls. So, you know, there wouldn't be an issue with that. Um, but those are things you need to think about. You need to remember, you know, I need to, whether it be a picture book. Um, there was somebody I used to listen to. Um, I still do, but I can't remember who it was, if it was Duff and Dale or who it was at Preppers. And they said that really you need a picture book and everybody needs to know where that is. And in that picture book, you put things like where the main water shutoff is with a picture of it and that you need to shut that off if there's a water leak or where the main gas line is and where the shutoff for that is. Things like that all in the picture book because people forget. But if that picture book's there, they can grab it and it'll show them right where everything's at. And that's an awesome uh, idea. And, you know, you could even do something like that. You know, put in a little UPC code or cut out a little picture of the bag, where you get it from, you know, all that information. Because you never know if you go down, you know, someone's going to have to take over because the animals can't suffer just because you are, you know. Okay, well, I think that's pretty much it for the, the, uh, topic part but i thought i would throw and we're getting a little, little bit running a little bit later now but i kind of wanted to throw in a, an old memory i had and this was a of a a trying time for me uh, a time where um injury that's what made me think it up i injured myself and i do believe in you have to know um i grew up in a small town and i'll be 48 this year so things were a little bit different when i was a kid okay but I'm pretty sure, I, I can't remember exactly when it was, but I do believe it would have been before I was out of school in fifth grade because of pneumonia, but it could have been after that too. So it was either pre-fifth grade or post-fifth grade. I'm not sure which. But we lived about a mile and a half to two miles outside of town, our small town, and I rode my bike all the time. Well, I was riding my bike home, I don't know, probably mid-afternoon, one warm summer day and I had a backpack on and for some reason I only had slung it over one shoulder well I want to get going fast because the, the thing was my BMX wasn't like a 10 speed so you get it going fast and you can take a break and let it you know kind of just cruise on down the road a little ways so I stood up to pump those pedals and that backpack after I got going pretty quick slid down off my arm went right in the spokes of the front tire and the bike just instantly stopped and threw me off I landed on the the blacktop, the road, with my left shoulder and left temple, and I skidded a little bit. And the first thought was, wow, I'm going to have one hell of a headache. And then the world turned red. Um, there was so much blood coming out of my temple that it got into both eyes, and the world literally had a red tint to it. Um, didn't hurt. I mean, I, it was shock, whatever. I didn't feel pain then. All I knew was, you know, all this red, all this blood all over me. And um, I was wearing a white shirt at the time. So, yeah, you could really tell the blood. Um, I thought I, I was done. You know, I looked and I was halfway between my house and the next neighbor's house going back to town. And, you know, I sat there trying to think, okay, wait, which way do I go? And my sister, who was home, thanked me very much for choosing to go back up towards town. Because I thought, if I get home, nobody's there, you know, that's not good. But if I go up, there's several houses, maybe somebody on the road. So I stopped at the first house and went up to their door and crying, you know, just ble bleeding everywhere. There's blood all over their door, I'm sure. Ringing the doorbell, nobody came to the door. 
whether they were home or not, who knows, you know, but so I got back on my bike and I got back onto the road and I probably just went a little bit further and our neighbors and their pickup truck came driving up and like a bear, um, his name was Tim. He scooped me up, his boy grabbed my bike, threw it in the back and he, his boy was my age, um, Sean, and he got in the back of the pickup truck. Remember, like I said, no trigger points. It was a different time back then. They put me in the middle between them and wrapped my head with a bandana. And he said, do you want to go to the hospital or where, where do you want to go? And that was it. I passed out. Um, I woke up. Back then, my parents owned a bulk food store in our small town. And boy, I wish we still had that today. It would have been, would have been great. Um, but I woke up there and my dad was over me. And the, the Tim was already gone, and he was rubbing my shoulder. So I can't tell you truthfully if I was completely passed out or if I just kind of mentally blacked out. I don't don't know to this day. But Dad was rubbing my shoulder, and I was like, "You gotta stop. You gotta gotta stop, Dad." And he took the sweatshirt off, and most of the skin was gone off that shoulder. So I don't know. The shirt must have pulled up, and I skidded or what? You know, road rash. Um. Well, we were half a block from the local doctor's office. And, you know, this is just a local doctor. This isn't no x-rays, no none of that stuff. I, they might have had an x-ray back then. None of that stuff there. And my dad carried me over there. And we sit down. And by then, the bleeding had stopped. And he looked at my shoulder and looked at my head. And they just bandaged up the shoulder. And then on my head, the doctor, his name was uh, Doc Blau. Awesome guy. Cold hands. Very cold hands. Um, he asked me, he says, do you want me to numb the, the head? And I said, well, what does that entail? And he says, well, that'd be like five or six shots all around the cut, and then you won't feel it. And I said, well, if I don't do that, what's going to happen? He says, well, I'm going to put a couple stitches in, so you're going to feel about four or five little pokes. And to me, I'm instantly thinking, why do I want it numb then? If it's going to be the same amount of pokes, right? So he put the stitches in. No, uh, no numbing. And really the only thing, I mean, I remember this, you know, like it was yesterday. The only thing, uh, I remember was after he poked it all, when he went and tied it and like pulled it tight, it was just weird because it felt like my whole face just like scrunched together. Um, and that was like the beginning of summer and you can't wash those stitches. So I took baths. So my hair got pretty nasty, but, um, Boy, I tell you, it was a long thing because that shoulder, if you've ever taken skin off and stuff and as it heals, it gets like this yellow, smelly pus stuff. And you had to change your bandage several times a day. And same thing on the head. Um, it didn't get pussy. The scars are almost gone. But I've had a lot of scar issues um, ripping off one of my nostrils and stuff. and Lots of things like that. But that's for another story, right? So... You know, like I said, that it made me think of that just because of the, the homestead injury. But just a little tidbit from my past. And I always thought, you know, if nobody ever really listens to these except for just a handful of people, maybe my, my kid someday if he wants to do it, or the girls, um, or the grandkids, you know, want to someday uh, go back and listen to these. At least there's kind of a recording of that. So I'm here to stay. And like I said, we're going to do this for... I am still dead set on getting one podcast out a week for a year. I want to keep going after that, but we'll see where we're at. You know, maybe we'll ramp it up. Maybe we'll dial it back to every other week. 
But right now, we're just shooting for the year. All right. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Tree Walker Talks. I hope you were entertained, learned something, gave you something to think about. All right. Stay alive out there and keep on surviving.